Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck. Too tall, stuck. The one who doesn't know just about everything there is to know, Thompson. With me, as always, is the one who does know just about everything there is to know, but not everything. See, I have to be very precise with my words so that people don't come back at us and be like, well, we thought you knew everything. And the clear answer is we don't, we just almost. And that's just about that's how you stay humble, friends. I stay humble by knowing <laughs> that I know almost everything. Yeah. And his name, by the way, is yeah. uh, Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Uh, he is a staple guest on this show, and we're just so <laughs> lucky to have you every Constant single day guest. of the week. Constant guest just, on the show. I just love it. I appreciate you having me today, Charlie. Yeah. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Today is Friday around here. Every single day of the week when we want to. When we want to. Yes. Um, Today's Friday around here. It's Thursday everywhere else, but it's Friday around here because we're both going to be gone tomorrow. Charlie's going to be gone on Monday, so our weekend is starting right now. And since today's Friday around here, that means that today gets to be Dumb Bleep of the Week. Mm, I love it. And this is normally our most popular episode, and we do appreciate everyone for listening. I also appreciate everyone who's been sending in their dumb bleeps uh, via the Patreon group on Discord here and Twitter as well. A lot of people have been tagging us on on Twitter. There's a couple a uh, couple Ryan's out there. There's a there's a Samuel Sam, Samuel out there that uh, has been sending us a lot of stuff and um, a lot of entries this week. This was. I think the most entries we've had for Dumb Bleep of the Week, and I had to whittle the list down today all the way down to six, and that was very difficult. I hope that these things are nice and dumb. We're going to be starting everyone out with a couple easy ones, okay? And you guys know that they get progressively dumber as the as the show goes on. So we're going to start off with Dumb Bleep number one here mm. real quick. Charles, do the honors. I love. This By the way, this favorite. one came from my this one came from my brother. He texted over to me this morning. Mm-hmm. This is coming from uh, Mikel. I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, Joyette. Sure, Mikel Joyette. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think he's French. Mikel Joyette. He says, "Okay, how about this? No more billionaires. None. Don't need them. Yeah, get them out of here. This is real simple policy in a tweet here." After you reach $999 million in your net worth, he didn't say that, I added that part, every red cent, is he talking about going in the negative here? I'm not sure. Because he says every red cent goes to schools and healthcare. You get a trophy that says, quote, I won capitalism, and we name a dog park after you. (laughs) Now, part of that's pretty funny. Yeah, the last part, I mean, that's a pretty good idea. Well, just don't make any red cents. So this is a policy proposal right here mm. from from Mikel. Okay? From Mikel. So why don't we think about how this would actually happen? How this would actually play out mm-hmm. for everyone, you know? Okay, so his policy is after you reach 999 million, every red cent goes to schools and healthcare and then we'll have all this money because look, you got guys like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk out there and heck you would get $184 billion from from Jeff Bezos right there. That's mm-hmm. almost enough to fund the Department of Education this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a, almost. That's almost enough right there, considering what uh, what they put into the budget. We need a little bit of uh, 
what's his name's wealth so you'd have to actually ask how this would really happen so once you get now we have to say like we do all the time uh, their net worth guys like bezos and musk their net worth is because of the ownership of the companies that they have well and that's so that's what the group is saying too is this cash or assets yeah and see this is the confusing problem for most people out there is that jeff bezos doesn't have one billion dollars he might have like, a billion dollars because i think he sold two billion of amazon stock a little bit ago but then he just transferred it right over to blue origin yeah that's true so it's, that's true so to ask yourself does he actually own a billion dollars in the bank the, the the likely answer is no it's probably not now it could be maybe right around a billion i don't know i haven't seen his bank accounts but is it anywhere close to 10 billion 100 billion 200 billion that answer is no folks and so where where does bezos stuff all of this cash nate about 85 percent of his money comes from his ownership of amazon and so that's where most of it is mm. and he would be the richest person in the world you know had he not uh send that sent that dick pic and got a divorce yeah you know? yeah that was an expensive pick i'll it tell you what a below the waist pick <laughs> everyone saw jeff's bezos i guess i'm not really <laughs> sure um so what they would have to do like what would you do if you went over 999 million so you'd have to sell shares in your company. You'd have to sell ownership of your company as the stock continued to go up. I mean, heck, look at the people who own AMC. They're probably selling a ton of their shares today, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd have to sell those shares. What happened? What I want to know is what happens if it goes back down? What if there's a what if there's a crash? Like say the market goes down thirty eight percent. You had to sell all your shares to keep your net worth just below a billion dollars, so mm -hmm. you wouldn't be evil. Nine hundred ninety nine million. That gets you a dog park. A billion that uh that that makes you evil to a dog bark. yeah and uh, so you'd have to sell shares so what happens if you take that 38 percent dip what i'm wondering is do you get those shares back automatically so you can get your ownership back up to a billion dollars or 999 gonna, million yeah to 99 sorry yeah, yeah. 999 million 999 uh, that's probably not what's going to happen the other thing that would happen here's what would actually happen if this occurred when you hit the 999 million what would happen is you would just cash out because if you couldn't keep anything else over that, you would just cash out. And people think that this would somehow be a good idea, somehow, because I guess you would just have that billion and then you would spend it. And of course, the Keynesians would tell you that that would be great because you just have a billion dollars and you would have to spend it into the economy and that would create jobs and all kinds of stuff like that. But then what would happen to investment? Like, why would you invest more money after that? Why would you risk the money? Right. Because when you invest things, you risk money. And then those investments go towards new innovations, new things being created, new technologies that we don't have right now. And so what would happen is when you hit that billion dollar threshold, you would just cash out the money because why would you risk it anymore? You wouldn't risk it. There's no reason to. So then you would just end up with no investment from the people who are really good at making money, by the way. And by them being really good at making money, that means they're really good at creating things that other people deem valuable so then you don't have things like amazon yeah you just don't. amazon's still a bookstore why that's yeah, it that's true so you don't get the two-day free shipping that you pay 175 dollars a year you for. still just have broke college students reselling their books that's uh that's pretty much all you have yeah. if you have this rule people don't think that far ahead what they're thinking about is how much they hate billionaires right that's it that's the problem it's the only it's thing. not about actually helping the poor and getting people education and health care it's about hating the rich. Yeah. And that's the problem. And so then as we run down the line here, what you end up seeing is your policy that took all of this money. 
so you could pay for healthcare and education, you end up not having the money available because no one would grow their money above a billion dollars because mm-hmm. you wouldn't risk the money because then you would risk actually losing the money. You'd just cash out a billion. And then the money wouldn't go to healthcare and education. It's a really dumb idea. Really, really dumb idea. Somebody in the group said the road, uh, Magoo said, the road to socialism is paved with guys named Mikkel. And <laughs> Joe true. responded and said, no, the road to hell is paved by government because no one else knows how to pave roads. <laughs> it has to be done by the government. That's it. That's it. Okay, that's dumb bleep number one. Dumb bleep number two came from one of our followers on Twitter. That's that certified forklift operator guy that's been sending us all kinds of good dumb <laughs> out there. <laughs> this wasn't the dumbest thing when you first look at it, but it does, I mean, when you think about it for a second, this is an article that he posted that says the case for higher alcohol taxes. Okay, and then he says, alcohol taxes are good. They're progressive which rich people drink more and more expensively, and they work. They reduce drinking and the associated externalities. Okay, first off, they, I guess they would be called a progressive tax, but what you would actually want to look at is what percentage of people's income do they spend on alcohol. The tax on alcohol, you might get more from rich people because they spend more, but there's a baseline alcohol also, and you're actually going to get more money as a percentage of their income from people who are actually more poor. This is the case that people is would make. called the Laffer Curve? Well, this, this is the case against, say, a consumption tax, because the consumption tax would actually be pretty, pretty fair for everyone, but it would actually be a tax that would hurt the poor the most, technically, on a financial basis, because they would spend more of their money on products and services, and a higher portion of their income would, would end up going to taxes than the portion of the income from people who are rich, because there's only so many things you're going to buy, and then the rest of it uh, just goes to education and healthcare. So, <laughs> um, so that's kind of dumb. But then he says, he also says, it's not done. Uh, I'm not a fan of sin taxes. We shouldn't tax things because of value judgments about those things, but I am a fan of, he calls it Pigovian taxes. I've never heard of that word. We will need a check on that to make sure that's a thing. He says we should tax things we want less of to reduce the broader harm to society. Now, what I love to see is someone who loves progressive taxes, taxing the rich more, and then also admitting that you want to tax you want to tax things that you want less of. Okay. Uh, Pigovian tax is real. Okay. I've never seen that term before. It's a tax on any market activity that generates negative externalities. Okay. Um, The tax is intended to correct an undesirable or inefficient market outcome and does so by being set equal to the external marginal costs of the negative externalities. Social costs include private cost and external cost. Okay. Well, now we have a new, now we know a new word. Okay. So this Pigovian Pigovian. tax right here, uh, what I thought was pretty crazy was someone who is in favor of the progressive ideology also admitting that you tax what you want less of. What I'm wondering is why you would want to tax income or why you would want to tax people working. Like why tax every hour that people work, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're admitting that what you tax, you get less of, which we've always known. When you create an, when you create an undue burden on top of something, you create an expense on top of something. You're going to get less of it. So why do we want to tax productivity, and the U, the good old U.S. of A? I don't know. So we get less of it. Then you get less of it. That's that's what you end up getting. 
So I don't like, I don't like that idea, James. I just don't like it, dumb bleep number two. Okay, now we're getting real nice and dumb. Okay, those are some warm-ups for you. Real nice and dumb. Those are warm-ups. All right, Charles, dumb bleep number three. Okay, let me see. Dumb bleep numero tres. There. That's my foreign words for the day. <laughs> From Aaron Ginn. He says, um, is, so I read the one you responded yeah, to first? Well, re- read the, uh, yeah. the meme he posted. Okay. And then, yeah. From Apurva Mandavili. <laughs> okay. She says, someday we will stop talking about the lab leak theory and maybe even admit it's racist roots. But alas, that day is not yet here. So she she's the actual dumb bleep, but yeah. let's see what the responses are. So to Aaron you. posts this and says, to clear this up as a Chinese American whose family fled communism, it isn't racist. Thanks and have a nice day. And then, of course, somebody replies here and says, what does communism have to do with it? Another reply here. They are still a communist communist regime. And his parents were most likely there during Mao's days. And another response. No, they're not. They're authoritarian capitalists. <laughs> Still has up absolutely nothing to do with the lab leak. <laughs> they're authoritarian capital capitalists. That's it. Just authoritarian communist. Or, uh, yeah, capitalist. There's two dumb bleeps inside of this one. Because mm-hmm. there's the original tweet, which is that we need to talk. We need to stop talking about the lab leak theory because it's racist to talk about the idea that this could have leaked from a lab in Wuhan or from mm. a lab in China. It's racist to talk about that. It is actually. And then also the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, uh, are not communists. They're they're actually authoritarian authoritarian capitalists. <laughs> Which is so hilarious. You know, it never matters what's actually in the name of your group. You know, like Nazis, they weren't socialists. No. What are you talking about? No. That's just, it was just in their name. They're not, they're not pursuing anything based on socialist ideologies. They were just authoritarian, uh, authori- they were just capitalists. Authoritarian <laughs> capitalists. Yeah. That's it. That's all they were. The Chinese <laughs> communists aren't communists. They're capitalists. Yeah. Everything I don't like is capitalist. Everything. That's, that's what it is. Okay. So. By the way, it's not racist to to try and look into the fact that the virus could have leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Even yesterday, I mentioned it could happen in America. It could happen in any country do you where think, you do this type of study. Do you think that if there was a chance it leaked from a lab in the United States, that there would not be tons of people trying to investigate that? Mm-hmm. That China wouldn't be trying to investigate it? We'd probably be trying not to investigate it. That other countries around the world wouldn't be trying to investigate whether or not it originated in America. Would that make it racist somehow? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think you're trying to figure out where this came from. So you can make sure it doesn't happen again and potentially hold someone accountable. Yeah. Although I don't think that's going to happen. And if it, I mean, if it came from Wuhan, then we need to know. And that way we can maybe try to mitigate 600,000 Americans dying. For, that, from a mistake. That seems like it would be a pretty good idea. It seemed like that would be a priority. Yeah. Would it not? Uh, only if you're a racist. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, that's so, it. So, Dumbleed number three, it's uh, racist to talk about the lab leak theory and the that China are not communists. They're authoritarian capitalists, which is someone just said in the group, that's an oxymoron because actually there wouldn't be any, any authoritarianism inside of capitalism especially free market capitalism it wouldn't be called capitalism anymore 
It would just be called, if you wanted to call it something, you could call it fascism Mm -hmm. if you wanted to, or you could still call it communism if you wanted to do that. I mean, all all roads lead to fascism. The Chinese Communist Party. That's what they call themselves. Yeah. They just say that to hide the fact that they're capitalists. (laughs) Yeah. China has always been a friend of capitalists. That's what they're most known for Mm -hmm. is loving capitalism. Mm -hmm. You know, they love private ownership. You know, they love profit. It took people sneaking capitalism and yeah. an individual and individual ownership yep. for them, for China to realize that they needed to open up. They started with by the, in the eighties with four economic free zones. So they had to, they had to start that. And now they've become on paper. So they say, yeah, they've, they're, they're like the second richest nation uh, by GDP. Can you go ahead and do the next one also? I think that'll work out best for the order that we have oh, I love right it. now. I love this. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so, so, oh, I didn't put the headline though. Sorry. You didn't, but it's a picture of AOC crying. AOC says that... She looks very sad. <laughs> AOC said that she effectively served in war after what happened on January 6th. <laughs> well, thank you for your service. <laughs> she... Her middle part's a little off there. She needs to get with the Gen Zers and fix that. <laughs> While speaking to Latin USA, uh, Alexandria AOC spoke at length about her experience at the Capitol building on January 6th. She claimed that Congress... By the way, let me ask you a question, Nate. Why do they no longer put the TH in, in articles anymore? Is that bad grammar now? Uh, where so saying January 6th, they put just January 6th? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I noticed that. On January 6th. Yeah. Hmm. She claimed that congresspersons have now effectively, quote, served in war. Same thing. And that she is, quote, doing therapy because of her experience on January 6th. Now, the fact that she's she's doing therapy uh, or that she might have some PTSD, PTSD, PSTD. Or either one. Yeah. yeah, Or DSTP, whatever. (laughs) Any of them. Now, that's probably true. I mean, if I... If somebody stormed my house or my place of business, then I would, or break in or whatever, regardless. I mean, I'd probably be a little fearful whether or not they were there to kill me or not. I mean, I'd probably, it's not normal, by the way. It's not, it's chaos. Now, if you did what, what she went through, which would be someone breaking into her neighbor's house. Yeah. And maybe that's a little bit overplayed there, but who knows? She is using better help, Clay. She probably is. Great company. Um, even AOC uses it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make that claim. No. That's, that's a joke. We can recommend it, though. Yeah, I can recommend that you use BetterHelp. But um, but, but, but the like, it, it's not order. It's not a normal day for a bunch of people to surround the Capitol and then, and then enter in when they're technically not supposed to. So that's not normal. So yeah. you can have some PTSD for that. Um, she, she claimed the riot was an all out attempted coup and that the United States was on the brink of having a martial state. <laughs> now she might be going a little too far here because from what I saw, it looked mostly peaceful. Mostly it was. They didn't even set the building on fire. They didn't even bring weapons. Was <laughs> <laughs> not, not even talk about that. I, I mean, thought there were some weapons I, uh, well, nearby. By, yeah. Yeah, there were. You're right about that. There definitely were. Um, the 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 thing that we heard during the day that these were armed protesters, they were talking about guns, people having guns, stuff like that. You didn't see any guns out there. 
what a what a shitty coup yeah <laughs> you know a terrible organized coup one of the worst all-out attempted coups i've ever seen you know it, that's that's where i think she's really going off the rails here and a lot of people on the left have been going off the rails here mm-hmm. because uh this was a protest that turned into a riot from what i can tell and i don't think that there was anyone planning on taking over the u.s government that day or anything like that i'm not real sure no i don't think so yeah uh she continued there are quote there are also certain uh, uh mythologies that are very important to maintaining white supremacy white supremacy in and of itself is a mythology and you have to protect it in order to protect that political power which has now become a very important base in the republican party now you know and that's why that response was so ferocious to make it seem that it wasn't as bad as it was and it was bad <laughs> it was bad okay <laughs> um now the republican party the base of the republican party is white supremacy mm-hmm. that's what it is that's the main thing that they do that's the that's their base However, it was revealed that uh, AOC was in a different building entirely, as revealed by Congresswoman Nancy Moore, whose office is two doors down from AOC's. As many criticized AOC recounting of events as, um, is that hyperbolic? Mm -hmm. Yes, hyperbolic. The Congresswoman discussed her previous trauma from an alleged sexual assault and argued that those who dismissed her were using the same tactics as abusers. And again, that's why why I don't think you can abuse, or, or that's why I don't think you can dismiss her feelings. I mean, if she feels trauma, then I mean, I'm sure she has some trauma. But to say to to lay it at the feet of of white supremacy in the Republican Party, where well, you're blaming the wrong person, it should be the few individuals that actually broke into the Capitol. Yeah, because most people in the Republican Party aren't white supremacists, nor did they storm the Capitol. We can also, you know, we can say that she obviously can have her feelings and those are real feelings, but there has to be some dumb bleep associated with saying that you've now effectively served in war. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that is a, that that really is a spit in the face to people who have literally served yes. in war. She has no idea what she's talking about. And while, while it might have been traumatic, deciding as a congresswoman to 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 put yourself in the realm of people who have actually served in war, whether people doing it right now. Also, it's kind of a joke. Yeah. It's gotta it's, be a joke. It's absolutely insane. Okay. So and ins- insane. That is insane right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So that's dumb bleep number four, AOC effectively served in war. And that's why it was number four. Ugh. So it could rhyme, mm. you know, that's why uh, the next one here comes from Mark Lamont Hill, Mark Lamont Hill. Okay. Now, he was questioning this guy who was against the critical race theory being pushed in schools right now. And what he decides to ask him is, what does he like about being white? Because the argument he's making basically is that there's no good, <laughs> there's not any good things. And he starts naming off some good, well, here's some good things about being black. I can name you off some good things about being black. And But then he he's like, what can you tell me is good about being white? And uh, it it was a funny exchange. It was actually kind of a weird exchange because... The guy obviously didn't have anything to say uh, because there wasn't really anything he could say. He actually had a very good response to it. And I'm going to play the I'm going to play the tape for you guys real quick. Let's see how the volume is. The producer and go. And if I were to say to you right now, Christopher, what do you like about being white? What would you say? 
<laughs> I don't know. I, again, again, it's such an amorphous term. It's like a census term or a. a, but, a crude, but can can, can you do me a favor? Indulge term. me. In, indulge me for one. Just we're running out of time. Indulge me for a minute. I understand you see it as as all these things, but you surely recognize that the world sees you as white. You know the world reads you as white. And if you were to ask me some things I like about being black, I could talk about cultural norms. I could talk about tradition. I could talk about the kind of commonalities I feel around the diaspora. If I were to ask you what, particularly if you're saying whiteness is a thing that is being constructed as negative and shouldn't be, name name something positive that you like about being white. Well, sure. I, I you know I'll, I'll answer with a with a, a thing there. I want to make sure you know what you just heard there. If you're Jeez. saying that whiteness shouldn't be portrayed as negative, then name something positive about being white. What's the what's the good outcome of this? Like, what are you going for right. here? What's the what's argument? What's the right answer? What's the answer that this guy's supposed to come up? And then what is Mark Lamont Hill trying to say right here? This is disgusting, racist stuff. <laughs> this would, well, if you're saying that being white shouldn't be portrayed negatively, then tell me something positive about being white. That's his argument. Jeez. There's a lot of documents that are floating around public schools that say things like uh, timeliness, showing up on time is a white supremacist value or a white value, white dominant value, things like rationality, things like the enlightenment, things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, objectivity. And uh, these are very strange things to be ascribed to a racial identity. My view is that these are actually should be ascribed to every individual human being, every individual human being, regardless of whatever racial category we impose on them. Right, but Christopher, that doesn't, answer the, of, that doesn't answer the question, no. You, you're, you're, telling, you're, tell, you're, you're telling me you're making straw men about things that are ascribed to whiteness that you think are wrongfully ascribed to whiteness. I'm saying if whiteness isn't a negative thing and there's something that you actually, and that whiteness actually shouldn't be constructed as all negative, name something positive about being, that you believe is positive about being white. Again, I, I don't buy into the framework that the world can be reduced into these metaphysical categories of whiteness and blackness. Great answer. I think that's mm -hmm. wrong. I think we should look at people as individuals. I think we should celebrate uh, different people's accomplishments. And uh, again, I think the idea you, you mentioned Ignatiev. Ignatiev says the goal is to, quote, abolish the white race. Um, in any other context, this would be interpreted as a near genocidal slur. I don't buy into it. The reason I'm not going to answer your question is I reject that categorization. I think of myself as an individual human being uh, with my own capabilities, and I would hope that we could both judge each other as individuals uh, and uh, come to common values on that basis. That was a great answer. Great answer. Yeah, that, that was honestly like the best answer that he could have had for that. The dumb bleep goes to, I'm assuming, I don't, I don't know Mark Lamont Hill, but he's the one who tweeted this. Um, yeah, he said, I asked this question. So the dumb bleep goes to him because... What is the, what's the case you're trying to make right now? The argument that he's literally trying to make on the air is that whiteness is a terrible negative thing or that white people are terrible negative people. And if they're not, if you think they're not, then name something positive. Yeah. And that's disgusting. And I can't figure out what his goal is. What I want to know is what's the goal to that. The goal is to create a bunch of hateness and hate, hatefulness and divisiveness, I hate that hateness, man. Mm. I just hate it. You got you to gotta get that hateness out. Yeah, because out. then if you do say something positive um, about being white, well, then then what you're saying is is that being white is better. Yeah. And that can be used against you. But the framework of the question, see, I think he was a genius in his answer because he doesn't buy into the actual framework of the, of the question because the question assumes, assumes that, the, that your color matters. 
that's what that question assumes. And it, and uh, what it, what he's saying is is that it doesn't. We're all individuals. Yeah. That's what we are. And that was a that was a great answer. I mean, there's no um the, the positivity is the fact that that he's a human being and that he gets to make individual choices and and have a life and and be able to experience consciousness. Yeah, I mean, the, the ups and downs that everyone experiences. What I love what he's saying is he's saying, I can't name something positive about being white because I think that we're all just individuals. And so there are positive things about human beings and there's negative things about human beings. And if I say that there's a positive thing about human beings, I can't just say that that's positive about white people. It's positive about everyone yeah. who does this positive thing. Why would I just say it's white people? Or why would I just say it's black people? Mm. You would only do that if you want the world to be divided into different groups and different races and for everyone to look at everyone based on what the color of their skin is, which just seems a little bit antithetical to what we need to be doing. But hey, that's just, I'm just a white, know? I'm just a white guy talking right. about this, right. you know? Um, so that's dumb bleep number five. Do you want to do the next one or yeah. um, so? You don't have to read. This is oh, go ahead. Okay. All right. <laughs> go ahead. All right. So what they're talking about here is, in fact, the January 6th riots. Mm. Not 6th. Okay. And this, uh, this person from the Huffington Post is making the argument of how much worse January 6th was than 9-11, where 2,996 people died. It's you know, wor it's worse. It's so much worse. And here's why he <laughs> said, and he's talking about, he says, Trump apology core in full apology mode. The 9-11 terrorists and Osama bin Laden never threatened the heart of the American experiment. Now, I would argue with that because I think they drew us into uh, more wars. I think they drew us into more spying. I think they took away a lot of the rights of Americans by doing what they did, not just the 3,000 people that died, but in the years afterwards, a lot of the a lot of the ideas of the American experiment were taken away by what happened on 9/11. So I would, uh, I would argue against that. The once the January 6th terrorist and Donald Trump absolutely did exactly that, which is which is threaten the heart of the American experiment. Trump continues that effort today. He says this attempt to whitewash what happened that day is shameful. 9/11 was an act of war done by foreigners, and 1/6 was an attack on our republic an attempt to end our democracy committed by supposed Americans, including the sitting president. And then he goes on to say afterwards, because he obviously got a lot of heat for it. Uh, someone responded. Let me get this back up here on the screen for everyone. Someone else responded to that and said, the United 93 was intended to crash into the Capitol. Do you think January 6th was worse than that? He says it was a thousand percent worse than that. Wow. Somehow. It was GME percent worse. It was, it was a lot percent <laughs> worse than that. And listen, what happened on the 6th was bad. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it wasn't bad. Was it worse than what happened on 9-11? No. No, it wasn't. The answer is no. The idea is for the people who believe that the government is We'll just say they believe the government is God. Essentially, government is their higher power. And so when they see something that is an attack directly on the government or, say, the, the democracy, the democratic 
the way that we do our elections. Well, they think that this is like, this is revelations happening right now. These are the end times. When someone attacks the Capitol building with flagpoles, this is essentially the worst parts of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's what they see. That's it. all you had to say. That's all just, just, just the scariest environment imaginable. Yeah, that's, that's all, all you had to say. That's all I had to say. <laughs> and so that's what they think about this. And so while it was bad for people who see the Capitol as their temple and as their church, they think it's way worse because it was attacked. It doesn't matter if, if no one died. It has nothing to do with the fact that five people died or whatever the number was. Obviously, we're not comparing death counts here because if, if you compare the death counts, well, you'd say, well, 3,000 versus five. I think the one where 3,000 died was worse. He doesn't care about the death counts. It could have been zero. The fact that we attacked the Capitol building or that people attacked the Capitol building, that makes it worse than people attacking other buildings that had thousands of people in them in New York. It's, it's I don't know. It's a, it's pretty, it's pretty insane to me. It's, it's pretty dumb. And it just shows you how far these people want to go to make sure that this remains in the forefront of your mind all the time. You have Mm. to think because this is the most dangerous threat to America are people protesting and rioting. It's white supremacists. It's protesting and rioting against the government and against specifically the lawmakers, which I'll say in defense, I don't really mean this in defense of what happened, but at least they went towards the people that they thought were responsible. Because we've seen a lot of other riots that went then, towards people who were not responsible whatsoever. Unless you think capitalism is responsible. I guess so. And then you attack businesses. Anyone, uh, anyone participating in capitalism yeah. is responsible for the things that you're mad about at that time. Okay. So anyhow, I th- that was six. That was, that that was, was six of a them. Solid six. That was pretty quick. Okay, so we'll recap them real quick while y'all are getting your votes in. Let's recap. Number one, no more billionaires. Once you go over a billion, the money goes to schools and healthcare. It's a great plan. That, uh, uh, what was this? Is Jason Mraz? That song didn't age very well. Which one? I want to be a billionaire. Oh, yeah, that's so hateful, bad. disgusting yeah. song. Yeah, terrible. Uh, number two, uh, we should tax what we want less of. Also, I'm a progressive, and I think that that taxes on income and work are a good idea, but we should tax alcohol because what you tax, you get less of. And that's going to work out of my brain somehow. That's a long title for dumb bleep number two. Pagovian. Pagovian. Number three, uh, the Wuhan lab leak theory is racist. And also uh, the Chinese Communist Party are not communists. They're actually capitalists. They're authoritarian. They're authoritarian capitalists. Uh, Number four, AOC is now a war veteran. <laughs> Just saying that. Yeah. So, Same thing. Uh, number four. Uh, number five is Mark Lamont Hill. This is this is tough. With uh, evil whiteness. Oh, you think, what, you think it's bad to portray white people negatively? Well, then give me something positive, sir. Yeah, that's a disgusting conversation. And uh, number six one six was nine eleven times a thousand. Okay, I don't think when Team America was talking about nine eleven times a thousand, they were envisioning what happened on January six. But uh, that is, in fact, what it was. Let's also, see back what- on number five, for Mark to think that, like, he posted this as if he got him. Yeah, like, like as if he won that debate. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh like, oh, this guy refused to divide people into different categories yeah. based on their race and make an argument for his race. What an idiot. Yeah. 
Ugh. And how how about the fact like what's the positive things about humanity? I think is charity. That's done by all kinds of races. Uh, people helping people. It's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's you know if, if you want positivity, it's not done by race. There is both positive and negative done by all kinds of races. And so it's just for him to post this though, and to say peep his response as if he gave, uh, didn't give a response. Mm-hmm. And I want I want to go look this up and see the comments. Oh, the, um, yeah, I'm sure they're not good. Yeah, because that's on his page, so you know they're going to be skewed. We didn't even read what some of the comments were on it. He says nobody ascribes any of that to whiteness. What's he talking about? Someone said the thing is no one called for the abolition of the white race. It's the abolition of whiteness. Those are not the same thing. Yeah. What what is whiteness? <laughs> what, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't get it. So going through here, even though I think number, I think we could probably agree number five was the most disgusting and terrible for society. The dumbest overall. What's winning right now? And I believe what's going to win <clears throat> is going to be AOC saying that she is essentially the war veteran, a war veteran. Now she served in war Mm. now because uh, the building next to her building was attacked by people without weapons. Mm. And so she's essentially a war veteran. It's the same thing. You guys watch war movies all the time. You know, you watch saving private Ryan, you watch we were soldiers or lone survivor or anything like that. It's Mm. basically the same thing, you know, same, same. Yeah. So number four, AOC, Okay, mm. how about that? That's but good. Can I do something real quick? Yeah, of course you can. I have to read an ad. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, ask Clay. So since AOC won Dumb Bleep of the Week, okay, what I would suggest for her is that she goes to BetterHelp.com and signs up, signs up BetterHelp.com slash GML. This is a website slash app where they they pair you up with a licensed therapist who can really help with your problems, okay? Relationship problems, depression, anxiety, anything bad going on in your life. You can text with someone, video call with someone, have phone calls with someone on the Secure app. It really is a a really great app, and we've been very happy to have them as a sponsor because I 100% believe in what it is that they are doing, okay? I have gone and talked to people before. Charlie has talked to people before. I still and, am. And if you have any issues in your life, trust me, you think that maybe someone couldn't help you, but you haven't tried BetterHelp, okay? Mm-hmm. So go to betterhelp.com slash GML to get 10% off your first month, all right? That's betterhelp.com slash GML. It's a great right, place. Place out right there. Well, if y'all enjoyed today's episode, the Dumb Bleep of the Week, which I know that you did, it's the, it's the most favorite, it's the most played every single week, and you get it a day early today which is awesome so enjoy your memorial day weekend uh we'll recap memorial day next week so we are very thankful to all of um the actual folks who have given the ultimate sacrifice which is what this weekend's all about is uh remembering uh, those who have given it all and there are several uh folks out there who are who were willing to sign the dotted line and not only did they sign it but they also uh, prove that by paying the price by paying the price of getting up their life. So freedom isn't free. Y'all enjoy uh, the weekend. Make sure you do uh, pay your respects and uh, remember what this weekend's about. And there, although we don't obviously agree with war, there there are times where America had to defend herself. And and regardless of um, what we think about war, it's still important that people have 
given the ultimate sacrifice and a lot of times in their mind for the right reasons. And so I, I think that's very important that we still reflect on that. Um, I, I haven't done CrossFit in a while, but I used to do CrossFit and every Memorial day we would do a workout called Murph. Mm. So if you're feeling up for it, that's something you can do. Even it's, past CrossFitters have to talk about their past cro CrossFitting. How often do you know? I talk about CrossFit? It's just all the time, man. Yeah. Just always talking about CrossFit, this, CrossFit, that. Anyway. That. Anyway. <laughs> I won't tell you. I won't go into what it is. I'm just telling you. <laughs> all right. And uh, we're going to go. Uh, you're going to a wedding this weekend. I'm going to go to the beach. It's my lady's birthday today. So everyone wish uh, Stephanie a happy birthday, please. And uh, if you guys do all of that, share the show with a friend and the children, and then also leave us that rating and review. Then we'll be back again on Tuesday next week, unless Nate gives y'all a bonus episode on Monday. Probably not. Tuesday next week. Hope you guys have a good day, a good weekend, and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.